Hey, it's Bill Simmons. Wanted to tell you about House of Carbs, hosted by one of my best friends, Joe House. I've known him since 1988, and the entire time I've known him, he's been very, very hungry. And now he has a chance to host a podcast about being hungry, all the things that make him hungry, the food that he loves. It is a podcast by the hungry for the hungry. And it's not your typical foofy food podcast where they're talking about foie gras and all that stuff. No, no. We're talking about diners. We're talking about fried chicken sandwiches, pizza slices, best Chinese food. Everything you, everything you talk about with food is on this podcast and with great guests like David Chang, uh, Chris Bianco, Jimmy Kimmel, a bunch of people coming up. All of them love food. Nobody loves food quite as much as Joe has. But listen, check this out. Subscribe right now to Hassab Carbs wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, guys? It's your girl, WWE Superstar, the legit boss, Sasha Banks. Hey, this is WWE Superstar Braun Strowman. My name's Kevin Owens. I'm uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm AJ Styles, the phenomenal one, if you will, and you're listening to The Masked Man Show. And you are listening to The Masked Man Show. And you're listening to The Masked Man Show. Welcome to The Masked Man Show. I'm David Shoemaker. To my right, or sort of across the table, is Dave Schilling. Hello, sir. How are you? Superstar. How you doing, man? Pretty good. I am very close to having a child. Uh, I got to announce it here. I'm going to have a baby next week. Congratulations. I I already knew this, but congratulations from all of the humanoids out there. Yeah, this is big. This is big. Little tiny, uh, little mini doink. It's a little dink. I'm having a dink. That's. What if my child had green hair and and, uh, white face? I mean, I think there'd be a lot of questions to ask. My wife slept with a clown, guys. <laughs> I mean, in more ways than one, this is true. Yeah, I'm glad you got that joke before I did. Um, do you have a name picked out yet? Yes, it is do you Br- really? Braun Strowman oh, Schilling. That's really great. Guys, please tweet at us name suggestions for Schilling's kid. Um, he's already rejected Max Moon Schilling. <laughs> no, uh, no jobbers allowed. Really? Yeah, sorry. So no Barry Horowitz Schilling? Roman Seth Dean Schilling. It's Big Dog Schilling, actually. Oh, Big Dog. Because this good. is his yard, baby. Yeah, when you bring him home, you're like, hey, baby, this is your crib. This is this, this is, is your yard. yard. So you're going to be at the hospital mm-hmm. a week from now. And uh, the great Segway gods have blessed us with this. A lot of WWE talent has been spending time in the hospital <laughs> lately, too. <laughs> Not for the same reasons, though. No, not that we know of. So last week, uh, everybody knows about this. On what Friday afternoon, WWE puts out a release saying that Bray Wyatt and Roman Reigns will not be at TLC this past Sunday's pay-per-view um, and would be replaced by um, AJ Styles and WWE, I mean, Raw General Manager Kurt Angle, Hall respectively. Hall of Famer Kurt Angle. Yes. Um. There's a lot of, I mean, do, did they ever actually pin down what it was that everybody had? I know everyone was getting, like, I heard mumps very early on, a lot of, and then they, everyone was getting tested for the mumps. There's still a lot of, like, viral, just vague virus talk. It's all probably very related. Our, our staff doctor hasn't been in this week, so I haven't been able to ask him. Um, but, yeah, that's a weird look. Weird, weird, weird look for WWE. And yet, um, you know, 
there's card subject to change on the one hand. The other longtime in and out motto of WWF, WWE is anything can happen. Um, you know, the first one is like covering your ass. The second one is to, you know, keep this level of excitement up. Anything can happen. It's pro wrestling. It's crazy. It's scripted. It's whatever. Um, it certainly felt going in like the most anything can happen pay-per-view in a while. Yeah, we uh, we got a lot of complaints that, why didn't you guys do an emergency podcast? Well, we plan our lives around... <laughs> Our lives, as opposed to stopping everything to do a podcast. We're going heel. I apologize for not being able to come in and, and redo all of our, our predictions and whatnot, but it did add so much um, of that anything goes quality to the pay-per-view. I, I had no idea how long that show was going to last. I didn't know if they were going to add a match, if Kurt Angle was going to take any bumps. The whole thing was really intriguing. Whether or not you enjoyed what you saw is another question. There was a divided opinion online about whether or not that was a good show what did you think of the show I, I had such a hard time knowing what i thought about the show it's sort of like blade runner 2049 for me i kind of liked it i kind of didn't like i was it. into it the whole time and yet yeah it was just i wasn't 100 percent. i felt like i just wasn't i wasn't 100 percent like keyed into it yeah it was, i think it was just because the storytelling was not where it could have been because so much changed. So you go in, you build a pay-per-view around the S.H.I.E.L.D. getting back together, and then you don't get a S.H.I.E.L.D. reunion, and you put Kurt Angle in the in the vest and the, the black pants and have him do the entrance and stuff, and it just felt weird to me. I was disappointed I didn't get to see the Kurt Angle, you know, entrance and all of the, the pomp and circumstance and the song and all that stuff. You sort of get that when he makes his big triumphant return from the table bump. And shouts to Kurt Angle for taking that bump, taking any bumps. There were, yeah, I was I was very surprised with the amount of work that he did. At first, it seemed like this was just going to be a little, you know, uh, you know, Bret Hart style, like I'm going to swing a chair a few times sort of situation. Um, there was the table bump, although that one felt pretty safe compared to some of the other just like random bumps that he was taking. There was one where he got tossed out of the ring sort of later in the match, which is a very simple, I mean as these things go, a very straightforward sort of bump, but he kind of got tangled in the ropes and went and was falling head first, like cartoon style, like head first for a few seconds. And that was really scary. Yeah. That was probably the, my moment of greatest uh, angst in the entire match. Um, I got to tell you, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the match. It was very well booked for given the premise, right? I mean, the whole thing with the heel team, Braun Strowman, you know, the, uh, given what they had, what they gave themselves to work with, I thought it was a well put, a really well put together and thoroughly entertaining match. That said, two big quibbles. One, this is like I, I can't. This feels like the fifth time over the past in the in recent memory where WWE has like where where the fans have functionally turned a character babyface or heel, and WWE seemingly acknowledges it by the positions they put that person in. I'm speaking of Braun Strowman here and then decided for some reason there was the necessity to sort of like soft reset him as a heel so we can get a really triumphant babyface turn. No, Strowman was already the biggest babyface on the roster, right? Well, I think it's partially because we all thought, oh, Roman Reigns tries to murder him in the uh, in the ambulance. Now he's a babyface because he made this, you know, ex monster exit right? out of the, the right? ambulance. OK, he's a babyface to us. 
but you can't turn babyface on Roman Reigns. Well, sure, but the, but then they were like giving. I mean, they were giving him all these babyface spots. They were letting him like cheer, you know, raise his hands in victory at the end of the show and that kind of stuff. And he was going squaring off against people like Brock Lesnar. You know, I mean, it was this is Brock anyway, Lesnar is ostensibly a babyface. Right I think now. none of them really have a place. And it was just it was always I, I thought the stare down between the reunited Shield and Strowman was awesome. And you could make you you could still put Braun in that match without it just sort of feeling like an old school Survivor Series match where all the heels just are like, yeah, we're friends because we hate good things. You know, like it was just like it didn't feel quite. I don't know. I was a little bit back and forth on it. The real thing that bugged me, and I'm not sure this affected my enjoyment of the match at all, but it's sort of like looking back at it. You remember Survivor Series 2014 when Roman Reigns got hurt and they replaced him with Dolph Ziggler. Dolph was the sole survivor. We were all super stoked for a Dolph Ziggler push that never happened because Roman Reigns came back a month later or something, and then that was it. And then we, you realize, I don't know if it, we, we all realized it right at the time, but you realize it pretty, pretty shortly thereafter, you realize that they didn't change the booking plans at all. They just found the highest level babyface who wasn't in the match, which was Dolph, put him in there. He did, he, he, he filled Roman Reigns' spot without any changes to the script. That's why he was the sole survivor. And then they just forgot that they, 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 then they just gave that shine back to Roman when he came back. I feel like if you look back at it, at, at this past TLC, Roman, I mean, Kurt Angle just played Roman Reigns' part. Yep. There was zero of it that would have been different except for a couple of Angle slams if Roman Reigns had been playing that role. Roman would have gotten hurt. He would have been carried to the back. He would have made the, you know, the, the crazy save at the end. They would have done the, the Cerberus powerbomb the exact same way. Roman would have got the pin. Like, it was exa- it's really easy to imagine what that match would have been. Yeah. Well, it's, it's better that they used uh, someone like Kurt Angle, a part-time legendary character, as opposed to slotting in someone who then people will get disappointed when they don't follow up on that and give that person a push. <laughs> yes, I agree with that. But that's it. Like, if they're going to disappoint us, <laughs> this is the this is the easiest way yeah. down from the disappointment. This right. is the best. Com- they, uh, I mean, I don't know. Seeing Kurt back was really fun. Um, he is clearly in great shape. I mean, you know, muscle musculature wise. I'm not sure how much. Uh, Kurt Angle, we need in our lives. It's just, it's it's so harrowing to yeah, watch. Yeah, it was scary. I they mean, really do need a Legends division in WWE, though. Let mm-hmm. Jer- let Jerry Lawler book every match. So it's just just <laughs> p- punchy, 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 stomp, stomp. So you mean WCW circa 1998? That's what you're looking for. No, I want an even lighter version of it. I want, I just want, like, we all want to see these guys. We all like, but just let them wrestle there in a completely separate style on just a network only show or something. And just not, let's not worry about them having to like keep up with the Joneses out there, you know, just let them, just let them, you know, pop the crowd. That's all we need. Is there a market for that? I mean, people go see indie wrestling shows with Jerry Lawler and all, and you know, all kinds of Rikishi. I mean, there's a, there's a long list of past their prime wrestlers who can't particularly do, you know, speaking of, we should probably touch on Jeff Jarrett. Should we? Do you not want to? Wait, what's the what? What is the what he is the latest? He wrestled an indie match, allegedly. I drunk. thought he didn't wrestle. No, they had the match. The match is online. Wait, what? I thought he didn't show up. No, no, he was there. He basically fell over trying to do a, a, a power slam. Is this different than the show he no show? I thought he I thought he no showed. No, he was. There's a video online 
Our friends at ProWrestlingSheet.com have oh, the video. Crap, man. Oh, I, I totally missed that, and I'm happy that I missed that. There's, there's, uh, there's no evidence besides the, the video evidence to say that he was impaired in any way, but there are, are uh, you know, oh. whispers behind the scenes that he came to the show drunk, that he demanded to work the match. Um, you know, whether or not his demons, quote unquote, are taking, taking over here, uh, you know, it's not safe. If you're going into the ring impaired, it puts yourself and and your your opponent in, in very serious danger. <sighs> so maybe a legends division isn't the best idea, David Shoemaker. Listen, we can still do testing. It still be <laughs> okay. a wellness policy in a legends division. Right. I just think it's fun. We get like we gotta you gotta have the pop you gotta have the pop of them coming out and then just enough, you know, punchy kicky to make it like an actual thing and not just an entrance show. Goldberg Lesnar? Is the template for this? Well, I think that the way you would do it is get Goldberg, you get someone like Goldberg, makes a big comeback, says, like, you know, I gave it my best, but I'm at the age of 60, and it's time for me to transition to the... <laughs> the senior the, tour. The senior tour. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, WWE, you're listening. Give it a shot. Why not? What would you be more likely to watch? 205 Live or the senior tour, WWE senior tour? WWE senior tour, definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, I want to see the. I want to see you know guys like Shane Douglas or. Tommy I think Deamer there should they should just have a divi- and like let it rise and fall on its own merits. This doesn't need to be you know this doesn't need to be a retirement plan or you know this is not a you know whatever, but just only people who are too old, <laughs> only people who've been drummed out of the business because of age are allowed to compete. Well, that's not true. I said Goldberg, but like let the bookers be old guys who are out of work. You know, like everything. Dutch Just Mantel like, is available, I believe, or is he still with Impact? Who knows? He's still with Impact, but okay. he's probably still available. Yeah, no. but just guys like that—that that would be so great. Rock well, and Roll Express on top every every single episode. Yeah, during the main event, I'd, I'd pop for that. Just find some like just old announcers. I mean, Lance Russell just passed away, but someone Tony Giovanni is available. Man, he still has a little bit of youth to him. I want some real, but that would be a good look if it was like Tony. I mean. Uh, Let's see. call up Court Bauer and see if we can get Tony Schiavone for this. No, Court Bauer is probably booking this for a show right now. <laughs> uh, Shouts to Court Bauer. We love Court. Totally agree. The uh, so so Gerdango came back, got the win. Uh, the other big the other big beat from TLC. And you guys watched the show. I don't I don't know how much of this we actually we need to touch on in great detail. But the other big beat was. And surprise, uh, mumps, mumps driven beat was AJ Styles making a surprise appearance to take on Finn Balor. Brief aside to say, AJ was in Latin America for the WWE's tour there and was, he had to fly back, was replaced by Triple H in the match, who, uh, who, who fought, beat Rusev and then subsequently danced with the New Day and, and, uh, pedigreed. One of them? I think it was Xavier Woods. It's who always got Xavier Woods. He twerked with them. Yeah. It's such a classic Austin thing, because Austin basically did that at WrestleMania uh, 32. Sure. Where he danced with them for a second, shucked and, uh, and jived. Is jived? I'm not post? even getting into this, man. Okay. So, and then he gave him a stunner. It's uh, a great moment. So, we have Finn versus AJ. It was a really good match. Mm-hmm. They gave him some time. They let, I mean, it was, it was... You know, there was a moment leading into it when when the when the you know illnesses were announced, where I was like, "Why don't you just put Finn in with the Shield? Like, just combine the two matches and we're done." Yeah. Um, it was clear watching the show that they really needed <laughs> yeah. Ballard Styles to be an anchor match for the yeah. show. I mean, the the main event was thirty five minutes long, so I mean, it was it, that was time wise that was the real anchor. 
but no, I mean, everything else was, was pretty minimal, right? Yep. To run down the card really quick, Sasha beat Alicia Fox, but spoilers, Alicia is now the the captain of the Raw Women's Survivor Series match uh, team, which is really awesome. Asuka beat Emma. Another match that, that went, I mean, it was only 925, but it felt like about five minutes longer than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, me too. I, I mean, Emma got some stuff in, and I think it wasn't just an Asuka squash. It was Asuka showing all of her stuff, and some of that stuff is is you know defensive or you know is you have to you have to you know really dance to get to that point yeah. to get to to set the stuff up and i thought it, i was really really impressed by that match now maybe she should be squashing people but i thought just letting people really just see everything she has to offer was was the right look i wasn't in love with emma's offense i still don't necessarily believe mm. in um her slaps or or you know various other offensive moves but i think you're right I think it needed to be a little bit longer. Yeah. Needed to be a showcase. And uh, the right person went over, and then they did it again on Monday, which they defeats the purpose of having the match. A lot on of stuff on Monday was defeated by purpose. Um, or lack thereof. Yes. Uh, Cedric Alexander and Rich Swan defeated Jack Aller and, and the Brian Kendrick. Are we, is this like, is, do we, since you're the 205 live expert expert here, <laughs> oh God, am is I? this just like a 205, like a cruiserweight tag division that we have now? It seems like they're going in that direction, and I've heard rumors that they're going to do a tag team championship belt on that show. Um, but like half of the tag teams on Raw and SmackDown are cruiserweights. Correct. It doesn't seem like more belts are going to help. Maybe the show. Bludgeon Brothers will just come in, and anybody <laughs> who's like cruiserweight will just run, flee to 205 Live. Yeah, because you don't want to get bludgeoned with those giant hammers. Anyway, Alexa over Mickey James. It was what it was. It was the right way to go. Mickey James with the weird like boxing style. Like I might be retiring right now, but I'm not really gonna say it. I loved it. I that it was, was great. great. I yeah. think every match should end with the loser just being like, "This might be the last time you see me for a while, guys." <laughs> just tears in their eyes. It's a great babyface moment for her. Um, it was good. Enzo uh, over Kalisto, which I, I I really enjoyed that match. Yeah, it was fine. I'm still not sold on uh, Enzo's finisher. It oh, I like a, Enzo's finisher. It takes a lot to set up, though. Everything he does takes a lot to set up. That's but true. I think I think he's getting a little bit smoother, and I'm just getting a little bit more content. You know, I'm not like, going to nitpick his uh, every moment in the ring. It could be Kalisto better. is actually a really good dance partner for him because yeah. he's not because he's really acclimated to the WWE style. They both came up obviously through Florida, and it's I think that I, they they meshed more than many of Enzo many in Enzo pairings. Yeah, because it, you know he's been working with a lot of indie guys. Yeah. Uh, also, maybe Enzo is just a little bit better working on top than underneath as a babyface. Yeah, no, I think that's true. And Jason Jordan uh, defeated Elias after throwing vegetables at him several <laughs> times. I don't know. I'm not sure that in a post-beach ball era, WWE needs to be encouraging people to throw vegetables at Elias. Definitely not. And they did it again on uh, SmackDown with the what they were calling the Usos. They had like raw fruit or something. And yeah, this is just it. a terrible idea. Yeah, can you get into an arena with veg with fruit or vegetables? Depends on the arena, but I think uh, any produce is uh, is verboten. At, uh, I feel like it Center, would not be that hard. It's a bag of stuff. Yeah, I mean, because people show, especially in these big cities, these big cities like the ones I've lived in, New York and L.A. I mean, every you show up with like all of your possessions on your body, and they barely look through your bag. Yeah, you know, there's no uh, fruit detector that's going to detect produce they in your bag. Those fruit dogs. I got I got detained by a by a produce sniffing dog once. Really? 
years ago. I was like, in there's a head of lettuce in your backpack. I, huh? I was, I was a kid. I mean, I was in like high school or something, and spent like a summer with like a like a group traveling through Europe, and we were staying at like like host homes for mm -hmm. part of it. And one of the people had like packed me, they, they would pack me snacks during the day and it was wonderful of them and I wouldn't eat them all. I would keep them and just totally forgot like a week later, I'm flying out uh, that I had like some oranges in my bag and there's this like cute little beagle that's like sniffing my bag and I just sort of was laughing at it and like thought it was really cute and then looked up and realized that these like very serious security guards are like, what the hell is in your bag, you kid? Back to the lesson at hand which is Finn Balor, AJ Styles, really good 20-minute match, 18-minute, 20-second match to be precise. And um, I just recommend you watch it. Yeah. Um, the moment, the beat that matters, they could have had the greatest match in the history of WWE history. All we're, we should be talking about right now is that moment at the end, after the match, when they put their hands up, gave the, gave the little Wolfpack two sweet kiss. Uh, do you think wrestling expert Dave Schilling. I, I, I am an expert. Do you think that this was a meaningful moment or was it just a, they did the thing to get the pop and we're never going to, then there's no plans in place for this to be something more? I don't think there are any plans. Uh, AJ Styles actually said uh, on Twitter, I believe, somewhere on social media, that it was something they came up with to do wasn't a directive from Vince. It wasn't a plan. It was just like, we want to do this. And obviously it wasn't a problem because Kevin Dunn cuts to it and you get the big close up and it's a wonderful moment. That said, I think it's significant in wrestling history because this is a, a, a moment that signifies that these guys who made their name elsewhere in Japan doing a gimmick that, quite frankly, WWE probably hates. They probably can't stand this Bullet Club thing because they constantly have to talk about it. And the, the Young Bucks right now, obviously, are poking them a bunch. And yeah. Cody Rhodes even offered a discount on tickets to the Ring of Honor show Saturday, the night of the NXT TakeOver War Games, uh, to the McMahons. So discounted tickets if you're a McMahon. So they're just kind of continuing this angle. So it, it feels like WWE, either by accident or on purpose, uh, and it seems like by accident, are trying to uh, claim this legacy of the Bullet Club for themselves, which makes sense. They they own Too Sweet, they own a lot of the iconography. Sure. That uh, the Young Bucks and and Kenny Omega and Cody are using to get over. So it's it's like a moment where I, I, the Bullet Club yes, is showing this, that well, that's the, thing, the most influential the, group. Clearly, yeah, ever, clearly this was, clearly it was influenced by the fact that yeah. WWE is suing that. I mean, suing the Bucks. Like, there's the, all this stuff is in is is out there. This, you know, I, I'm not sure how much any of the, you know, new even New Japan or anyone else is really getting, you know, horning on WWE's audience. It was affecting, you know, it's not like the Monday Night Wars or anything, but it certainly feels like the moment, like for hardcore wrestling fans like us, when there is there when there are the most things outside of Raw and SmackDown uh, wrestling products for you to watch, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, we got New Japan, we have or NXT if you want to count that. And of course, there's like Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor and Impact. Like, yeah, uh, is Impact still on? For I'm now, just kidding. For now, uh, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff out there. Um, I have a, I was, I was working on a crackpot conspiracy theory that by hiring Finn, WWE actually created created the situation because that's when AJ went over there. That's what I mean. Obviously, there's a lot of Americans working in Japan, but that sort of opened the floodgates. Like once the Bullet Club was like hiring. 
It's, it opens the floodgates for all these people to go over there. And then it really raises the profile of all these people working the indies in the, in the U.S. Yeah, if, if they hadn't hired Finn Balor, AJ Styles, and Gallows and Anderson in you know a relatively short period of time... If they hadn't hired... Yeah, go ahead. There would be no Kenny Omega. There would yeah. be no Young Bucks. And this, this group would not have been able to bubble up. I mean, there still would be the Kenny surface. Omega and Young Bucks, so please don't tweet a chilling or me about this. <laughs> but they, it would be are, different. It would be totally different. Yeah, but, and that's, I think it's like Finn is the linchpin. If they don't hire Prince Devitt, then they, of course, would never have hired Gallows and Anderson. I mean, maybe someday or whatever, but like that was, uh, you know, they've kind of followed him in. And then and then AJ would have never gone or conceivably never been in the been in the Bullet Club. And, and you know, that raised his profile, I think. To, I mean, obviously, he's a very famous guy, but you know, that had to help get him in WWE's radar. I think there's it's it's sort of weird to think about. There is one rumor that we should address that we heard from a source. And keep in mind, this is just a rumor. Oh, man. Do you really want to say it? I feel like this is like, like, if this is... You don't want to say it? No, I think we should say it. We I just think it. this is like a spoilery... I mean, it's I, we have no... I don't think that it's necessarily true at all. But... Hey, it's Bill Simmons. I want to tell you about the Ringers Gambling Podcast. It is called Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, and you're not going to believe this, but it's hosted by Cousin Sal, the biggest degenerate gambler that I know. He's such a degenerate. He has three other degenerates that he calls the degenerate trifecta, and they break down every conceivable gambling thing you would ever want to gamble on. They even take you to Captain Morgan's Make Believe Casino, where Sal makes up props on, on all kinds of things, sports, pop culture, you name it. Want to get your gambling advice from these guys? Cousin Sal, he's been a staple on the BS podcast for the last ten years. So good that we gave him his own podcast. Check it out, Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This is the sort of thing that, like, if you're gonna get mad at rampant speculation, then just fast forward for thirty seconds. So let's call it two minutes, okay? Or don't fast forward and just hear me out, people. We've heard. There's a possibility that WWE is considering mm-hmm. reforming the New World Order as a way to combat the sale of Bullet Club t-shirts. I think it's a weird, like, it's so it's so bizarre that it actually makes a certain sort of WWE sense that they'd be like, well, you know, like, like we'll have cooler t-shirts. We can just kind of subsume the Bullet Club into the NWO, make all the former Bullet Clubbers, NWO members or something, and just, like, I don't know what it would be, but... It makes a certain amount of sense because when you really step back and you consider what the Bullet Club is, it's the NWO. Sure. So why not just say we have the original, we own the trademark, even though you don't like that logo. Well, they copied the NWO from Japan back in WCW. Yes. So it's a, it's a, sure. a never-ending cycle. Yes, yeah, so the, the WWE and wrestling is a snake eating its tail forever. Anyway, that's an interesting thing. Uh, it would be very weird if they did something with that, but also very cool. I'm kind of surprised, not surprised, I'm disappointed that they didn't use the uh, the craziness of the the roster shakeup on Sunday to do something crazier right there at the moment. You I feel know? like they're not ready to do something that big. That would be huge. And, you, gotta and do, uh, you gotta do what you can do at every given moment, man. If you're still listening and you didn't fast forward because you don't like rampant speculation, um, tweet at us at Mass Man Show and Tell us who you think should be in the new new world order. Uh, should we? Uh, yeah, the new world organization. Do you think they have a <laughs> trademark on the new world organization? I'm sure they have a, a treasure trove of of trademarks they just haven't used, just uh, in case. I think if you want to just like give them the benefit of the doubt, 
even if there's someone suggested, hey, why don't we just do this? Why don't we make our own Bullet Club on Sunday at TLC? I think it's fair to say that if they thought about it, the reason why they didn't do it is because they knew they already had an invasion angle planned for the next day. Exactly. So let's get to Raw. I didn't love Raw and then got to, like, I think Dan St. Germain texted mm-hmm. and said it was, like, the worst Raw of all time. And I was just like, he says that every you know what, week. I agree. But it, was, it, it's, it wasn't great. I feel like for what, like, get, like, whatever. Forgive WWE for just sort of, like, cutting and pasting TLC with the exception of, you know, Balor versus AJ. Um which was a very good match, as I said. And, you know, like, but, but for the main event, just sort of like sticking with what they had. But Monday, by Monday, they had time to like rejigger it a little bit, and it just felt like the exact same thing. Um, you know, Braun Strowman selling a trash compactor injury. I, I don't know if that was necessary. Um, <laughs> is it an injury or is it a mortal fatality, like a death? Is there any <laughs> way? Smashed. Is there any way that anyone could get you into a garbage truck to do that? Even if it like the guy running it was like, "Look, I'm going to do it first and then like got in there. I don't know how you gimmick a garbage truck. Yeah, how does it's that... a giant piece of machinery. That's why they call it magic backstage. That's like, yeah, that's crazy. That's like I've made sure that this whatever that this bulldozer is not capable of running into your house now i'm gonna let a four-year-old drive it towards your house like no you there's no way you would trust that that match had a hell of a three-act structure let me tell you the beginning the middle and the end all felt like three different matches yes three different days even so anyway on raw suffice it to say a whole bunch of nothing happened brock lesnar accepted gender mahal's challenge blah 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 Interestingly, I guess AJ teamed up with Dean Ambrose and Seth at the beginning of the show to take on Ms. Cesaro and Sheamus. And, you know, that kind of set the tone that, hey, AJ's still here. And then later on, Shane makes an appearance backstage to talk to Kurt Angle. That felt like a fun moment. But then at the end of the show, Kurt comes out to announce, to you know, putatively to announce his the, the Raw Survivor Series team. And he's confronted by Shane and the entire or a huge portion of the SmackDown roster. Um, many of whom had been feuding with one another uh, mere moments before. What in kayfabe? What is the what? What? what how does this work? Does Shane just kind of like send out in kayfabe? Mm-hmm. Shane, what do you think? Sends out a mass text to all of the SmackDown <laughs> or an email or whatever. They could uh, have a, a closed door meeting. A Slack. Like, maybe there's yeah. a Slack channel. <laughs> but he, yeah, closed door meeting to all of the roster, presumably Sands. Owens and and uh, Sammy, who are just on Shane's shit list, mm-hmm. just mass text everybody there, and he's just like, "I'll I'll give you an extra five k or something if you show up on Raw and help me beat and beat some people up for me." Potentially, I mean, because, I mean, I guess in kayfabe, if you, if you want to go deep kayfabe, they had, there's this great SmackDown Pride, but that didn't exist two days before, so I don't right. know. Well, it magically shows up every year at Survivor Series. Sure. Time. And I mean, it happened last year and we were complaining about the same thing of like, why are these guys and gals fighting together? And uh, why is Bailey beating up on somebody when Bailey's supposed to be the sweetest wrestler in the world and all this stuff? I, t- I'll t- I took my lumps last week or the week before for make for saying that uh, the Survivor Series was not the only pay-per-view that you could that were where superstars from Raw and SmackDown brands could and go head to head. Right. You, and you were right at the time, I guess, but the, but it's it's mind boggling that they would keep spitting out this catchphrase the night after AJ Styles was on a Raw pay per view and on an episode of Raw that AJ Styles wrestled on. I think there's there's a way to say like, oh, AJ Styles was the sleeper agent. 
Mm-hmm. He's the one that opened the door. Shane McMahon is like, oh, yeah, you can have my WWE SmackDown talent. That's fine, wink. And then he's part of the invading force. It's it's kind of clever, if if not uh, totally explicit. Okay, so let's just cut to it. They go backstage. They, they come to the ring. Kurt Angle kind of like weirdly waddles off. And then Shane sends the crew after him. They go backstage and beat up everybody. And just great. I mean, they're just a conquering mob running through two guys at a time. There was a weird moment where they found like all of the raw women's wrestlers and it was and in just like basically even numbers. The SmackDown women's wrestlers beat them up in five seconds. Um, but aside from that, and there was that kind of uh, hilarious moment where Dean and Seth like jumped off of things. It's like, dude, you have a great hiding place. Just stay, stay there. <laughs> yeah. um, and then they they got Kurt and took him back to the ring and basically were just like just just a show of force. It's a ha- it's a hashtag under siege. Here's Shane a, does not have his father's ability to take one bullet point and turn it into a promo. Not really. I mean, he's one of the, he's definitely of the three or four McMahons, if you count Linda, the third worst. Linda's obviously the worst promo of all the McMahons. Uh, Stephanie and I don't know, Vince man. Did are you see close. that speech she gave by the Trump Hotel? That's true. It was a pretty good promo. Uh, <laughs> got a lot of heat with me. Uh, anyway, I don't want to get into politics here, but... Uh, <sighs> There were things about it that frustrated me as good as it came off on television, specifically the people who were on different brands last year. Dean Ambrose in kayfabe as a character should be thinking, you know, SmackDown was pretty good for me as a WWE champion. Mm -hmm. I was on top of the card. I was wrestling in main events. And now here I am on Raw tag team with Dean Ambrose and Roman Reigns. Doing the same shtick we were doing three years ago. Probably selling more shirts. Um, But he was so proud of SmackDown last year. He loved SmackDown. And now he's like Team Raw all the way bleeds red. I mean, we all bleed red. There are a lot of Bernie Sanders supporters that voted for Trump, man. You can just turn. It's not that hard to make a to make a right turn. Okay, so and then on SmackDown, Raw did not show up. So I guess they're saving that for the future. Yeah, you want to stretch it out. You've got three weeks left of of. it was good. It's good to see SmackDown take the first swing because they are a little bit more of a you can see them more of like a family, a small unit, and then they are the underdog. So yeah. let them let them be the invading force. I think every year at Survivor Series you're going to see SmackDown be the babyface. Who do brand. we think is going to be well be the babyface brand? They just went and be- beat up a bunch of people backstage for no reason. That's kind of cool. I guess it's Don't what, you think that's the babyface yeah, move in 2017? So, so, who do you think is going to be on the two teams? This is a tough question because there's a lot of big names that are not going to be a part of it because they're working singles matches because we found out on Raw that we're going to have champion versus champion In matches. like every category. Yes, all across the board save for the Cruiserweight division, obviously. So um, Seth and Dean are out. Mm-hmm. Um, do we know, has there been an update on Bray and Roman Reigns? They're not coming back for a bit. I have heard some rumblings that Roman Reigns will come back around the pay-per-view. But let's just assume, for the sake of it, that he's not going to be there. So let's keep him at, out and let's keep Bray Wyatt out. Just just because they're not on TV right now. I would say, you got to have AJ Styles in there. You got to have Finn Balor in there. That, which is, I was going to mention sides. that earlier. That's, inter- that's an interesting, it's interesting based on what happened on Sunday. Shinsuke Nakamura has nothing going on. No, and on SmackDown... Orton beat 
uh, Sami Zayn to earn his way onto the team. One would assume that that will mean that Shinsuke is going to beat Kevin Owens next week to mm-hmm. earn his way onto the team. And you're right. We have sort of a babyface team taking shape. Maybe Shane will just straight, maybe Shane and Kurt will both straight up be on the teams. Yeah. Who knows? This is the first time we've had, you know, general managers that have like recently worked matches, I think. Yeah, I wouldn't be against that. I think it would be fun to see those two wrestle sure. again and, after having that classic at King of the Ring many, many years ago yeah. where Shane McMahon almost died. That's a regular occurrence. I mean, it's not, <laughs> yeah, that, it's not that uncommon. Um, so, I mean, do you, are there going to be other matches at the pay-per-view, you think? Like, are we going to get are we going to get Strowman versus Kane as just a standalone match? I think that's not a crazy uh, hypothesis. I also would not be surprised to see um, Owens and Zayn versus the New Day or something like that, because I don't, I don't think Owens and Zayn being on the Smack or the SmackDown Survivor Series team makes any sense. The New Day were right behind Shane when they made their appearance on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, they could be Shane's white knights in this sort of intra-promotional feud. Right. I think that they're, I think they're, this would, and there would be a good look for them to sort of separate them from the tag division too. Mm. And give them a high profile feud against two top guys. Yeah. I mean, I feel like SmackDown, you can make a couple of, I mean, you put, well, I guess Baron Corbin, is it going to be? Corbin versus The Miz. <laughs> that should be a barn burner. <laughs> Who's the baby face on that? The Miz. In that match. This is when they they can't they, they won't be able to stop the Miz from turning face. It'll be a repeat of No Mercy where he was the biggest baby face in, on the <laughs> show. Yeah, we didn't do a very good job of like outlining the teams. I'm just like looking at back at the TLC. I mean the the women's side is a little bit more cut and dried. Speaking yeah. of the women's side, I guess we got to call out the fact that SI uh, Sports Illustrated has a piece today by Justin Barrasso who said th- that. Uh, Nia Jax apparently didn't want to job or lose to Sasha Clean at TLC, called The Rock, and The Rock was like, if you're not happy, then walk out. Which is so strange to me, because, I mean, basically this this is what happened with Stone Cold Steve Austin many, many years ago, 2003 or whenever it was. And uh, The Rock was the guy who came out and cut the promo that said, if you don't want to be here, then get the F out to Steve Austin. Of course, kayfabe. Who knows what The Rock really thought about all of that stuff. Um, but it, it's a curious thing to be able to do such a thing. You have to assume Nia Jax gets a special dispensation for being related to the people's champion. I mean, from a purely, you know, logistical point of view, it's helpful for her to kind of disappear while Asuka's making her first <laughs> run, too. Yeah. You don't want to be uh, straight in front of that buzzsaw. As she starts, well, I don't. I mean, for her, but also for WWE, because you don't want to, like, ideally, you don't want to demean Nia into being just part of, you know, part of the first run of of quick victories or whatever. Or, that could be a money match down the road if sure. you build up Nia Jax properly. Yeah. Um. All right. So, I mean, Finn is feels like the only sure thing. Can we get Gallows and Anderson on this team somehow? Well, that's interesting. And really create that Bullet Club. I still think I think if we ever do see the Bullet Club, the Gallows and Anderson are like they're more of a hammer than like than actual participants. Like we'll know. I was of course thinking about this on Sunday night. Like you would know that something was happening when they come out. Yeah. Right. You don't need them there the whole time just to tease you. Right. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really weird. Jason Jordan will probably inevitably be on this team. Definitely, uh, Survivor Series last year was one of the stranger pay per views, but 
I think one of the stronger pay-per-views. And we did that that uh, live commentary after, and uh, we were both gobsmacked at the whole Goldberg-Lesnar thing. Mm-hmm. So there is the, a precedent for this being kind of a wild show. So I'm hoping they follow up on that and we get a little bit more of that uh, unpredictability that we got so much at TLC by accident because of health problems. I gotta just pull up the raw roster. I literally can't find five people to be on this team. You're wrong. There's tons. I know, of course, there's tons, but five, five like headline, headlineish people. Jason Jordan and Finn Balor, I think, are and guaranteed. Kurt Angle. I mean, you could almost have to put. Okay, so Apollo Crews, no big cast hurt, big show out. Bo Dallas, Mumps, uh, Braun Strowman. I mean, maybe Strowman. You can you can slide Strowman and or Kane into this match because they're two of the biggest stars. But if you know who who knows, Bray Wyatt presumably out. Brock is otherwise occupied. I mean, Cesaro and Sheamus are very interesting. Yeah, I mean they're certainly big and high enough profile to work that match. Definitely. Um, but I mean, I guess that would make sense. So we can slide those guys in there. Hawkins, no. Axel, no. Young, no. Uh, Wilder, no. Ambrose, tag match. Elias? Elias could fit in there. I mean, he's obviously very popular with the booking committee. Yeah. Goldust, no. Heath Slater, no. Uh, Jason Jordan, we talked about. Uh, uh, Jeff Hardy's out. Uh, John Cena? I've heard John Cena might be a special guest referee for the title match. or I forget what match it was exactly, but I think it was a title match. It would, be, it would be weird for him to be too pro-Raw after having spent less time on He's Raw. He's a free agent. He can be anything he wants to be. Oh, is he back to free agency now? Yeah, yeah. He's oh, he, a just signed, he just signed like a, like a short-term deal. He can go back and forth. It was like a 10-day contract. John Cena can do anything he wants. Um, Anderson and Gallows, we discussed. Matt Hardy, I guess, is always looming around. Yep. Uh, Mrs. IC title, our truth, no. Rhino, no. Roman, who knows? Samoa Joe, what's the what's are we, is he? He's supposed to be back soon. Um, that could be a possibility. So Dawson, we, no. Rollins, no. Sheamus, we discussed. Titus O'Neil, no. I mean, there's not a lot of options there. We have more than five legitimate options. We though. just put the bar. Okay, the bar are in. Yeah, because they have nothing else. So to do. Finn, Jason the, Jordan, Jason Jordan, the bar, the bar. And then you got Kurt Angle maybe in there. Kurt Angle and 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 then there's this like Kurt Angle slash Matt Hardy <laughs> slash, slash Roman Reigns slash Roman Reigns if he comes back. Yeah, I think that Roman. I mean, I think that Roman will. Roman can just take Jason Jordan's spot if he comes back. Yep. You know. Um. But, but whatever. Yeah. It's the. I'm just saying. Without Strowman and Kane, not a lot of options. Yeah. But maybe they put. Maybe they force them to work together and then they fight each other again and that's how SmackDown wins. Speaking of Kane, before we go. Can I get your take on Finn Balor dropping in five minutes to Kane? Honestly, I was I was not mad about it when I watched it in real time and then started hearing my buddies react and stuff. And I was like, yeah, that was kind of dumb. But at the same time, it's like, like Finn Balor is an underdog to these behemoths. Yeah. Right? If he, if the idea is that you know, we want him to look like a legitimate threat to Brock Lesnar at some point. Like, he's never going to be, I mean, he, he's always going to be the underdog. He's presumably going to have to earn that opportunity by whatever contrivance, you know, winning a match or whatever else, and he'll do it then. I don't think that, like, I, there is a case to be made that Finn Balor is the rightful heir to Daniel Bryan's throne as the plucky yeah. underdog. I mean, I think that, I think that WWE would like, would, as, oppo- as opposed to Daniel Bryan, I think WWE would like us to forget that Finn Balor is shorter than everybody else. Right. Um, 
it's not so much a part of his gimmick, but yeah, I mean, I definitely, he's going to be working as an underdog to, I mean, just seeing him next to, to I, I guess, I guess I found it hard to get that outraged about him jobbing to Kane. Kane really needs the shine much more than Finn and Finn looked really great the night before, you know, 50, 50 booking. It's a thing. Love it or leave it. Yeah. Um, I was really hoping on Sunday night that, Instead of like after after uh, Kurt Angle went out, I was really hoping that the finish would be Roman Reigns coming to the ring in a Bubble Boy bubble, <laughs> and just but like, with the hands, so she he can still Superman punch people through the bubble. Wouldn't that have been great? I would have popped for it. Uh, but if he works, that was right, a pun, by the way. Yeah, I would have yeah, popped for you it. Can't pop, man. Be got to be careful with those viral infections. If uh, if he if he comes back, you know, I guess that would be a good look. If he comes back with like. The you know mouth of the the doctor's uh, face guard whatever it's called no the he's got mask he's got to come back with a bane mask oh yeah you knew I'd come back I'm and, Roman Reigns <laughs> you could just have somebody else do his voice <laughs> just like it could be uh, Bruce Pritchard was it Arn Anderson with a voice box oh, is that what the go. Shockmaster was yes who, who? I think it was Arn uh, or, or Oli. Oli it was Oli Oli yeah, yeah. they call me the Shockmaster. We, we talked about Raw. We talked about SmackDown. We're just making jokes about pay-per-views at this point. <laughs> you adopted the dog. Nothing happened on Nothing happened it. on SmackDown. The continued uh, degloriification of SmackDown goes on. Do you uh, think it's lacking in glory? I think no. I mean, I think that that uh, Bobby Roode is uh, not oh. going the, the way they wanted it to, or maybe the perfect way. Because we talked about last week, maybe they are just setting him up for a big turn. I think it's not been great. You think Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler will be fighting again at SummerSlam, or are they both going to be on Team SmackDown? There's a two out of three falls match next week. That's got to be the blow off. So they could be. They could both be on Team SmackDown. I would. I would be fine with Bobby Roode ending up on SmackDown's big team. We didn't really talk. Ginger Mahal and Brock Lesnar both jawed at each other this week. It's going to be a wacky one. The Singh brothers did their best Paul Heyman impression. Yeah, that's going to be Whew. a rough match. This is going to be a weird pay per view. Yep. I love it. I love Survivor Series now. I'm all pro Survivor Series. I think it's getting slightly more interesting than SummerSlam right now. SummerSlam, yeah. they just pack so much shit into it, and it's really long, and it's starting to feel more and more WrestleMania-esque. The Brooklyn crowd brings it down. I mean, it it's down. fun when you go into a show where the point is to tell a story. Now, how yeah. I know if the, if, it's, if the story is Raw versus SmackDown, it's like, how this isn't going to last for very long, right? I mean, right. I guess they could, so it takes a little bit of the thunder out of it, but yeah, sure. It's fun to watch a show where it's going to be, like, you know that they're going to do you know that you're going to, like, see a story told within the three hours of the show? And Survivor Series has been the Redheaded stepchild of the big four pay-per-views for over a decade. Jack Gallagher takes exception to that statement. <laughs> or Seamus. But finally, they have a gimmick that they're going to use consistently, hopefully many, many years down the road. It's better than bragging rights, because that was the big yeah. Robbers of SmackDown pay-per-view. Uh, and it's, in, it's, in, it's fun to look forward to a specific gimmick the same way that the Royal Rumble is fun to look forward to. I just wish it wasn't as stupid as... as show pride because they don't have that there's no evidence of that existing barely anytime except for like those occasional dean ambrose as champion moments or aj styles as champion the, yeah the, i know he's the like house the, that aj built yeah that that's true i guess i mean you, you could see that but i wish there were just like some like concrete stipulations 
Yeah. Whatever team wins this match, like you all get main event, ma- you all get WrestleMania matches or something. <laughs> something, something that gives it stakes would be helpful. And we made the same uh, complaint last or like, year. Ma- or like the old baseball, like you know, like they, which home, were, home field advantage in the World Series. Yeah, exactly. It's just like you don't all get something, but like the winner of this match gets a bonus. You know, gets the uh, whatever gets gets a a handicap bonus at like WrestleMania or something like that. Yeah. Wrap it up. Anyway, Keel producer Jim says it's time to go. So we're we're just about out of time here. I have to do what he tells me to do. Uh, Schilling, good luck having a child. Thank you. Um, I you know hope that it's not a doink. <laughs> although <laughs> although there's some sort of relief that would come with his whole life being plotted out as the moment that he that he appears to the world. I'm hoping for a a, a Dwayne the Rock Johnson and not a Rocky Maivia is all I can say. Uh, and I hope that you get what you ask for, wish for, whatever. Have a great week, humanoids. Hope you enjoyed TLC. Uh, we'll see you back here next week. Apologies, as always, to Dean Ambrose. This is The Masked Man Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Come on, you want a piece of me? You want a piece of me? Come and get me. The greatest match in the history of WWE history.